Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square. With our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Welcome back to The Square, everybody. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Mickey? It's, uh, well, we're now recording in mid-July. We're still here. Um, so that's as something. in like the zombies haven't gotten us, or like <laughs> right. what do you mean we're still here? <laughs> we're still yes, both, all of it, spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, we're surviving. And uh, it's been 2020. I tell you what, it's not, it, like I keep looking up, and it's like July. Like how <laughs> can this year can still be? How can it still be 2020? Yeah. Ugh, never stops. This is crazy. So are you. Uh, prepared for the school year? Well, I don't know how to prepare yet, so I'm not <laughs> sure, but yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do it one way or another. I know it. I know. Are it. you? Yeah, same. Um, yeah, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, there's all kinds of things out. I see all the news out there, different school dis- districts doing different things. And, um, I'm sure everybody's in the same boat trying to figure out how to, how to manage and, um, definitely want to uh, applaud our colleagues at the school districts, our local government colleagues, for their efforts. I know that this is not a situation that anyone asked for, and they're having to make decisions on the information that we have, just like cities and counties and all the way up to the federal government. That it's, it's very, very challenging times, and trying to manage public services right now is uh, incredibly difficult. So Yeah. Uh, it's hard to be a leader right now, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really know seems like every day or even by the hour, if you follow the news, it's, well, you know, like for me anyways, it feels like I'm on a roller coaster. One one moment, it seems mm-hmm. like, oh, we're making progress. Things are going to be better here soon. And then the next story you read, it's like, no, never mind. This is all really bad. And <laughs> like, this is going to keep on going for a long time. So I don't know. I hope everybody out there, I hope all the listeners, uh, you know, are feeling okay and um, you know, trying to manage their cities as best they can and, and keeping their head above water. Absolutely. So What's few, going on at the league? Mickey? Yeah, a few nuggets to share. I mean, I think the main thing to, to talk about uh, in our quick news section here is the annual conference. We did, our board decided to make our 2020 annual conference a virtual event. Uh, so hopefully all of our listeners have heard that. We, we tried to uh, spread the news the last couple of weeks as best we could, and we will continue to do so. But we are going to go fully virtual. It was scheduled to be in Coralville, and we're, we're uh, incredibly bummed about not being able to, to do that this year um, is something we always look forward to. It's our big annual event. That the, it's really our flagship event at the league. And um, we've been doing it for many, many years. It's only been put on pause a couple of times in history. Uh, so this is uh, it's pretty significant. And we're, we're, we're definitely uh, missing out on being there together with everybody and um, seeing everyone and, and networking with all those city officials from around the state. But yes. we'll do a virtual event, and we will that will that way will at least give us the opportunity to provide educational workshops, along with our annual business meeting, which is required by the league's constitution. So I think we'll be able to do that in a virtual setting. One and, question about yeah. that: I know a lot of our Square listeners are probably wondering, even though we're having a virtual event, do you think we'll still be able to see your haircut? My haircut, your haircut, <laughs> your haircut. <laughs> 
I didn't know that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I oh, hope by okay. then we'll have uh, set me up with a laptop uh, that has a camera on it. Maybe I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but <laughs> well, I, I know we not... talked about your haircut before. <laughs> yeah, it's very important stuff. Yeah, this is critical. Good. Yes, yeah, it'll um, be a good event. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's not the same, but it'll be great. And I, you know. The information that is going to be presented is really great information that everybody needs to know, regardless of we're in person or virtual. So, right, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's um, a new challenge and a new, new opportunity challenge. for us. Oh yeah, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're doing our best at the league, and it's um, it's a it's crazy how much more work it is to, to do things mm-hmm. virtually than in person. You'd think it'd be the opposite, but it's actually, uh, we're finding that it's more work to set all this up in a virtual format. But we do, uh, I do we, we are confident we'll be able to put on a good show and people will still walk away with some, some good information, some good mm-hmm. education. Uh, so more, much more to come on that. Keep uh, following us on our website, League Weekly, the e-newsletter, social media. We'll continue to make announcements as we know more and open up registration for the event here, we hope, pretty soon. Yes. Um, some other things uh, here in July is a uh, clerk school, the Municipal Professionals Institute and Academy. Um, so by the time this comes out, this, that'll be uh, basically getting started. So I'm sure a lot of city clerks and finance officers that listen to our podcast will we'll see you soon or talk to you soon um, with MPI and MPA, which is also virtual this year. Uh, so that's coming up here real soon. And then uh, just so you all know, some of you like to plan out your schedules uh, well in advance, and that's great. We have not made final decisions yet on our uh, annual budget workshops that occur typically in November and December at six locations around the state. So we've held off a little bit uh, as long as we can. We're going to try to we – would, we would prefer to do those as normal in person around the state. But, of course, uh, with everything going on with the pandemic, we're not entirely sure just yet what we'll be able to do. So, again, stay uh, stay in touch with us. Follow us along on Fleet uh, Weekly and the social media, and we'll hopefully have an announcement on those pretty soon. Anything else, Katie? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, this uh, month's episode, we are happy to have Aaron Mullinex, the league's research director, with us. We wanted to talk about uh, an issue that pretty much every city out there is very concerned with, and that is the impact of the COVID uh, pandemic to city finances. Um, I think everybody is pretty aware, at least, that there's going to be some kind of impact, but the hard part for cities right now is knowing exactly what that's going to mean to the whole budget, especially the revenues. Uh, that cities rely on each year to fund the services that citizens need. So, Aaron, uh, first of all, welcome to the square. How's things you. for you? Yeah, things are going well. That's good. That's good. Yes, welcome, Aaron. Thanks, so, to, Nikki and Katie. <laughs> of course. <laughs> to get started, um, you know, it's it, to put you on the spot. I was going to say, like, what do we what what do we know right now as of mid July twenty twenty? I mean, there's. It's again. It kind of seems like things change by the day, but um, if you could give like a quick uh, overall summary of uh, what we know right now in terms of city finances, uh, please let us know. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, as of sort of mid July, we know that there have been a lot of impacts to our communities. 
of course, everybody's circumstances and their different blends of revenues and expenditures and their budgets are, are different and unique by city. And there is, as you said, a whole lot of uncertainty still out there and what the future holds. But one thing that we do know is that I guess just due to the structure of our revenue sources in Iowa, we might anticipate almost a delayed reaction in some of the financial impacts that we would see here in Iowa. And I guess to um, expand on that, what I mean is uh, while we have some elastic revenue sources that are sort of more in the moment, they're volatile um, in part because they depend on consumer activity. So kind of like your local option sales taxes, for example, um, but in Iowa, we also rely on some that are less elastic, like property taxes, which might cause, I guess you could consider it a lag time in how we realize our financial downturn. So if we compare with other states that rely more heavily on elastic funds, like there may be a state shared sales tax, that revenue stream is going to cause them more immediate impacts and recovery is really going to depend on what happens uh, with the pandemic in the short term, short to midterm, really. Mm -hmm. But, you know, kind of back to Iowa, property taxes are less elastic and a little bit less volatile in the moment. Uh, but to be clear on that, that doesn't mean that we won't be impacted. It just might mean that there's um, financial pain that's going to be felt uh, in the future for, for our city governments. Right, right. So speaking of those um, revenue sources that are more derived from consumer activity. You mentioned uh, local option sales tax, but uh, some others may be road use tax fund, of course, uh, hotel motel tax revenues or any others that you would identify. What do we know right now is like in terms of uh, estimates of the percentage reduction that's coming or anything like that that may help cities understand uh, what may uh, happen to their local revenues? Yeah, so with a local option sales tax and just kind of talking with city officials and reviewing the results of the league's recent COVID-19 finance survey, cities are generally estimating kind of a 10 to 40% decrease over the short term. Of course, there's a lot of variability in there just depending upon you know each community and where they're deriving that um, revenue source. Mm -hmm. um, the state uh, did not make adjustments to the monthly estimates for the remainder of fiscal year 20 for the local option sales tax. So those are based on pre-pandemic projections. So that means that some of the communities will have been sort of quote unquote overpaid compared to real receipts for the last few months of the fiscal year. So this is gonna be caught up by lowering the fiscal year 21 payments. Mm -hmm. um, another factor that um, we get into with local op option sales tax is that Starting in January of this year, eligible online sales tax collection was required. So that may kind of add some stability to that, that source, although we're still projecting uh, declines in that. Um, with hotel motel tax, this is going to be very variable depending on how long lasting the pandemic may be mm -hmm. and people's comfort level in travel and hotel stays. So it's, it's also more of an elastic revenue source. And then with the road use tax fund, um, the state DOT has provided some guidance that we have on our website um, that we can really expect some volatility, but generally they've estimated kind of roughly maybe 20% decrease in that revenue stream 
um, with a caveat that any given month may change more or less for either factors related to the pandemic or other you know, seasonal factors and so forth. So in our survey, we saw people reporting kind of a 10 to 50% decrease. And that really kind of depended upon the time frame that our cities were looking at when they filled out the survey as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Erin, what other revenue streams should cities be monitoring that could be impacted by the pandemic? Well, certainly property taxes. Um, also, uh, some of the larger cities are looking at parking fees, uh, airports, casino um, revenues, their gaming taxes, if they have that. Um, most cities are also looking at some sort of utility fees, whether that's due to waiving late charges or decreased usage of their water or other utilities. Um, they certainly also their program fees. So there's a number of different programs that cities offer, you know, from parks and rec programs to uh, library programming, mm -hmm. uh, festivals or senior, you know, senior mm -hmm. uh, facilities and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, their licensing and permitting fees. Uh, I guess depending upon what it, they, if they have a swimming pool, if they decided to open that this summer or golf courses, um, right. loss of facility, uh, rental revenues and, and so forth. There, there's quite a number of other potential revenue sources that be impacted by, by the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that's just heavily, as you said, heavily dependent upon local circumstances and A, whether they even have those revenues or not. And then of course, B, what's what's going on locally. Um, so to that point, uh, you mentioned the survey. So could you talk a little bit about a recent survey that you conducted related to the city finances um, and the pandemic in, in, impact? And um, some of the findings that uh, have come out in ways that the, the cities that responded, the ways that they are dealing with this. Yeah, absolutely. So we did distribute a city finance related survey um, related to COVID uh, in May and June. Um, and we got a response from cities of all populations, ranged from a, a city of population 82 to over 75,000. And we've certainly been talking to some other um, of our league membership, um, you know, outside of the survey as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of just um, looking at what they've said, I know there's a lot of concern about property taxes um, and that property taxes are really, the assessment cycle is an 18 month plus right. cycle. Um, so for that one, we're gonna see, that's less elastic. We're gonna see the impacts of that um, over sort of a longer term. So, um, and I could dig into that in a little bit, just a little bit more detail for you, kind of looking at just um, if the property tax assessments are completed typically in January uh, of each year. And so uh, assessments that are completed in January, 2021 will come into effect for tax purposes for fiscal year 2023, which begins July 1st of uh, 2022. So mm -hmm. that just kind of gives a look at the time horizon that's related to property taxes. And there's a few different layers there with property taxes uh, and projecting out. With delinquent taxes, the hope is that those will be eventually caught up, but the market will play a significant role as communities face closures, people moving in or out of the community, 
and there's just no crystal ball really to tell how the market conditions are going to impact things or how uh, fast or slowly that that might sure. uh, come into yeah. come into effect. Um, I touched on uh, the road use tax fund and local option sales tax with hotel motel tax. Kind of touched on that, but cities in our survey indicated sort of a 40 to 70 percent drop over the short term. Um, and that could certainly, because it is a more elastic revenue source, could bounce back more quickly if um, we have significant change or improvement in the pandemic. Um, uh, program fees, this really just depended on what types of programs that cities offered. You know, a lot of them were concerned about their summer programming. Um, the survey was taken right before sort of a lot of the summer programs took effect. Um, so some saw up to 100 um, percent reduction in their program fees just because they were needing to cancel and and others had, uh, you know, some some of their programs that were able to continue virtually. Um, mm -hmm. Just a lot of different impacts on the communities that were reported in some of the surveys. Uh, also, there was some concern about, um, you know, delays in capital projects, uh, delays in infrastructure improvement. And then what they were facing on reducing travel or training, cutting different programs, and, and taking a look at some difficult uh, and challenging decisions uh, to include staffing. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge challenge, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I think it's clear uh, from what you're saying and what we're seeing from our members too, just locally, that uh, there's there's going to be an impact. There's no doubt about that on the revenues. It's just a, really a matter of how much for each city, uh, depending on local factors. Uh, switching gears over to the expenditures, uh, you kind of touched on this here short, just a second ago, but uh, are any trends that you, have you picked up on uh, that are impacting expenditures? Um, anything that stands out that may be important for our members to, to be uh, to be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in our survey and just kind of talking with some other members a lot, are seeing some expen expenditure increases for things like setting up for remote work and uh, remote meetings. Um, so whether that's laptops or software licensing, uh, webcams or internet, um, using Zoom or similar platforms. Um, some reported in increased attorney fees as they were just trying to sort through the policies around this. Mm -hmm. um, deep cleaning services, of course, for their public buildings and uh, property and, and, and outside spaces. Um, personal protective equipment, uh, putting up plexiglass where necessary, cleaning supplies, masks, uh, hand sanitizer, signage, um, certainly some concern about, um, you know, overtime for critical positions that they are needing to rely on if, if uh, part of the staff might be at home or under quarantine. Um, costs uh, related to, I guess, special meetings that they may need to have. Uh, posting public notices or minutes, uh, lost wages if they had uh, departmental closures where they need to still um, be concerned with retaining staff and, and keeping their programs going. Um, debt payments in some cases um, due to kind of lost parking or convention center revenues, but they have to continue those debt payments. Um, certainly and a decrease in investment income um, mm -hmm. And then some were even looking at costs related to city design elements to uh, continue to encourage social distancing. So those are just some of the 
uh, things that came came up on our survey. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, it's all encompassing, <laughs> really. It's, uh, it's 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 just incredible how quickly things have changed in a few short yeah. months. Um, one other thing too we want to talk about was the funding assistance or potential funding assistance from the federal and state governments. And there's been a little bit that's come out, but I think it's been a little unclear exactly what cities can use that for. But there's also a push from the National League of Cities and, and a lot of other cities out there uh, to get additional federal funding assistance um, in large part to cover those revenue reductions I think pretty much every city out there expects to experience. So can you share any updates on that, uh, on, the, on those uh, uh, federal funding opportunities and where things stand? Yeah, so to date, cities below 500,000 in population, so all of Iowa um, mm -hmm. cities, have not been eligible for direct funding. We do know that the states have received some CARES Act funding and that in Iowa, a portion will be dedicated to cities and counties as local governments. Uh, but we don't know um, just yet how that funding will be distributed. We're hearing that we may learn more about this in the coming weeks. We just, we just don't know at this point. Um, as you mentioned, the Iowa League of Cities has joined the National League of Cities. Cities are essential campaign mm -hmm. to, you know, advocate for for this for some direct funding assistance for cities of all sizes, uh, from the federal government. And we've been communicating with our city membership. You know, the importance of reaching out to their congressional leadership now to make sure our voices are kind of heard in that process. So that's really, uh, you know, kind of what I know right now. Okay. Yeah. So I th one thing I'd say to folks is uh, this is where following us with our, especially our league weekly e-newsletter e is really critical because we've been posting updates to that uh, for the last several weeks uh, on that campaign, uh, the city's our essential campaign, uh, this, which we believe is very import important. Uh, hopefully we can get some funding assistance because um, as, as we've been talking about, we, I think, almost everyone out there is going to have a pretty significant revenue reduction here in the next fiscal year or the current fiscal year that is. And so that's, that's going to be very important to help local governments stay whole. Yeah. Aaron, are there any final tips for our listeners? Yeah. So I would encourage everyone to visit the Iowa League of Cities website. We've got uh, standalone uh, pages on COVID-19 resources and also COVID-19 finance. On that finance page, there is a COVID-19 finance tool uh, that just provides a framework to help cities as a starting place to consider shorter term financial impacts due to the, due to the pandemic. And we post their updates uh, very regularly and what we're hearing from state and other external sources. Um, we'll have a new COVID-19 finance research report available there very soon. Uh, links to some research that we've partnered with others on, including Iowa State Extension and Outreach, uh, and then links, again, to other state guidance and external resources, including uh, National League of Cities research and more information on the National League of Cities uh, campaign for, for funding assistance from the local gov or federal government, uh, rather. <laughs> There really is a lot out there. Uh, there is a ton of information on our website, and I would encourage everybody to go check that out. Aaron has done a ton of research and yeah. has been a huge asset in this area for um, cities across Iowa. So definitely take advantage of that. 
Yeah, I can't uh, say that enough as well. It's just Aaron's work has been incredible. It's It's been uh, very important for our members to have this information. Mm-hmm. It's actually been also uh, very helpful for league staff. Uh, to help us answer questions that our members have on all the impact of the the, the pandemic, especially the finances. So that's uh, a, a very much appreciated, Aaron. Keep up the great work. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> sure. So that uh, wraps up our this uh, month's, this episode's uh, interview. Now we will switch gears to our Get to Know League staff interview. And funny enough, Aaron Mullinex, you're, <laughs> you're back on the spot. We're going to be efficient with our uh, use of the virtual <laughs> podcast recording <laughs> and yes. go right back to you. Great. So, and we didn't give All you right. much time to prepare for these, but Katie's uh, going to kick us off. <laughs> All right, Aaron, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Tell us a little well, about I, you. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up um, right close by in Ankeny. Um, so I haven't, uh, I haven't moved far, but I just really love this area. So it's been, it's been a great experience. What was Ankeny's population when you were a kid? Can you remember? No, that I couldn't. I really couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> but it looks a lot different today than than it ever did then. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's crazy how much that community has grown. But uh, it's a wonderful have place. Have you always place liked, to grow up. Aaron? Have you always liked research? I have. I like. I'm very inquisitive by nature. I ask a lot of questions, and so that I think lends right into uh, working in research. So tell us a little about your, uh, tell the listeners about your tenure with the league, because there was a a short little interruption there, right? (laughs) So you started out with the league in what year? So I started out with the league in 2010, and Uh then I just kind of had a little gap where I went to uh, work for Iowa State. Um, from sort of the middle of 2016, but I was back on board in January 2018. Mm-hmm. So almost, couldn't re- couldn't almost 10 years. I know. That's a great <laughs> place to be. Uh, but your position now is, is a shared role with Iowa State Extension, correct? It is. So it's really a nice blend. Um, I mm-hmm. am employed by the league, but I have sort of a formal um, working shared role with Iowa State um, Extension and Outreach in the Office of Community and Economic Development. Great folks there as well. Yeah, yeah. And and part of the reason for that is there's a lot of overlap um, with the the services that the Extension Office provides to cities and other local governments, uh, along with what the league does. Um, There's there's just a lot of overlap in what we do. And we We've, for many years, um, shared services, and we've had a shared position in addition to yours. So it's been a great collaboration, and I think it's something that uh, will continue for for a long time, just given all the the shared interests that we have. Yeah, it's been a really nice partnership. Yeah, for sure. So when you are not in the office, which is kind of a silly question right now. <laughs> so when you're not working <laughs> about time. that, yeah. When you're not on the clock, what uh, what are you up to? What do you do for fun? Well, um, a lot of time with family. I love just being with family, with the kids, um, and I really enjoy swimming. But right now, that hasn't really been an option with, due to the pandemic. So hopefully, in the near future, I'll get back to that. 
That's right. So you, um, is a swimmer. yeah. So tell us about that. Like you, you were, you, were you a swimmer in high school? Is that right? I was, I, I've mm-hmm. always been interested in swimming just since I was just a young child. Uh, I swam in high school and what then, do you swim? Um, freestyle. Um, back in the day, my event was always long distance. Hmm. So you got the lungs. Oh, that would not be for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. Well, good. Yeah, hopefully you can get back to that soon. Do you guys have like a kiddie pool at your house? We do, but that's not quite the same. No, it's really not. It's not. <laughs> at least you can get wet, Aaron. <laughs> you need to invest in one of those yeah. like stationary lap swimmers yes. thingies. I don't even know what to call them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I imagine they're pretty expensive, but... They look pretty yes. cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Erin, what's the best career advice you've ever received? Well, I think just choosing a career area that I really enjoy. Um, for me, it's working on trying to make a difference, but also thinking about just how do I inspire sort of the best thinking and maybe other people and then using that, you know, in a, in a team environment. Um, I feel like you get a lot more done that way. It's always nice to work with people that are smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That's that's a tough one to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, too much credit there. <laughs> oh no, your intelligence comes through all the time. I don't know how you dive through all the numbers that you have to, and especially like even in quote unquote normal years. The, the amount of data you have to wade through when we're doing our property tax research is just uh, it's insane, and you always handle it so well. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, last question: um, We kind of answered this, but what do you enjoy about working here at the league? Or well, enjoy I love most, working I should with. Say? The, yeah, there's so many things to choose from. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I love working with our our office. Great people there, um, of course, um, yourselves included. Uh, but I also just, I, I really like working, you know, pretty directly with local governments and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to answer questions um, as they come up, see if I can track down the answers. And often that's a phone call to you, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice to be um, working in an area with local governments that I feel like, you know, hopefully I can make a difference there. Yeah, yeah, that's something that um, it's it's been impressive to see doing these interviews with league staff. How often that has come up, right, Katie? That mm-hmm, there's just absolutely. this um, people feel the 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 calling, you know, that to be a public servant to help out those that work with citizens every day. And I think that's just a, a, a it's incredible what that we have a team full of people like that. So thank well, you for your service. Well, if I'm listening to the podcast today, it's very obvious that you are making a difference. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is great information. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, uh, hopefully that wasn't too painful, Aaron. Nope. Nope. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming on the square. uh, And thank you for your service and all the work that you do for cities. It's definitely uh, appreciated by us. And I know it's appreciated by the members too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And good luck with the, uh, working from home and dealing with children and, <laughs> and everything else that's going on these days. Yeah. It's all, it's, there's a good blend now. That's good. That's good. Katie, what else do we have Sir? to cover? 
Well, I know Aaron mentioned this, but just to make sure our listeners understand, the information that Aaron talked about today will be in a report that should be on our the league's website very, very soon. Right. Um, probably by the time this is out, it'll be up. Honestly, I we're just on the finishing touches of that, so mm-hmm. definitely get that resource. And it's and, also going to be in our next uh, Cityscape magazine, uh, an article. Yes, a brief version of it. I don't mm-hmm. believe the entire thing will be in there, but yes. Right. So definitely check that out. And then, yeah, just everybody needs to get geared up and ready to attend the virtual conference in September. Absolutely. Yep. So be sure to be following us on League Weekly, our social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook. And as always, you can contact us at the square at iowaleague.org. And we thank you for listening. We hope you're all doing well, and we'll catch you next month. 